With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas. Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Experience, one E in the middle. And joining me as always, he's a much better human being than Brett Favre, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, the Wahlberger compound is expensive, but you do not steal from welfare recipients. That's, we thank you for that, that is true. We don't. Did you see uh, Sage Rosenthal's hit? Did you see his tweet that he put out there? <laughs> yes, that was a hit job. Wow, that was that was brutal. But, I mean, it's true, right? So... That was the best shot he's thrown since uh, college, I think. That's pretty good. So, Eddie, it's great to see you. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, I know you're still hurting a little bit from uh, from Texas Tech. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, guys, you can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me at Nonstop MMA. Eddie, last week I asked you, is Texas on a bye week? And you said, yes, we're playing tech. It's like a bye week. See, this is what I get for hanging around you too much. And learning your trolling ways. Because I would never say smart aleck comments like that normally. But I've been hanging around you for, what, eight years now? And you've rubbed off way too much. Definitely a long time. How you feeling? That's, that's a rough way to go. That is. You claw back to get overtime. And then one of the best players in the country just drops it. But you know what? That game wasn't lost on one play. That game was lost many times during the course of four quarters through um, lackluster defense and weak play calling. Steve, get creative. You don't have Bama players. Call plays like you're playing Bama every week. We'd be just fine. So I don't know if you saw it on Monday, though. Bijan Robinson on Texas campus carrying football. And people tried to knock it out of his hands throughout the day. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, someone said, I bet he never fumbles the keys to Lamborghini. But you know what? Uh, before Saturday, you know, every now and then, because I have no life, I check in on my high school, and I like to look at, you know, how much more advanced they are than they were, you know, when we were there 25, 30 years ago. And they live stream on YouTube, the games. And I had it on one of the corners of my TV while I was watching other stuff. And I look up, and the final score is 82 to 28. I saw this, Eddie. I saw that you put that on there, and I thought it was like maybe photoshopped or something. I thought, like, that's crazy. Yeah. No, 82 to 28. They weren't even trying to score at the end. The other team was just giving up. And I'm like, that's so funny. Because they, they laid an egg the week before, too, due to bad coaching, mostly. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully Texas does the same thing this week against West Virginia. Comes back with a little fire in their belly. They have to. And they better because I'm going to be there. And if I'm going to be missing out on other fights and stuff, 
there better be a good reason for it. Well, I will keep you posted on what happened. But I hope you have you. a great time there. Eddie, what else is going on in, in the world of Eddie, Eddie Cross? Check, the, check this out, Jordan. Right shoulder. Yes. Band-Aid. Left shoulder. Different Band-Aid. Got my COVID booster and flu shots today. But, damn it, I had to go to two different, wa- two different drug stores because Blue Cross doesn't like Walgreens anymore. No one told me that before I went. Because yeah. who doesn't like Walgreens? Yeah. Good, good for you, Eddie. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Walgreens happy. is awesome. I'm happy that you feel safe. Thank you, thank you. And yourself? I feel safe. I, I feel safe. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, good news. Uh, in my fantasy football league with our, our good friends, our professional wrestlers, 3-0. and Dave LaGreca, you went down this week. I don't know who I, I don't know who I'll tell you who I'm going after next week. Uh, I, I can't beat Kofi Kingston for some reason. I can I never, never end up beating him. But this time I am three and oh in fantasy football there. And uh, I think I'm going to win. You know, this is what usually happens. I win. I win. I win. And then I, you know, I choke. Well, who else did you beat the last couple of weeks? Well, so far, Eddie, if, if I look back and see who we've won, uh, we beat uh, Tommy Dreamer week one. We beat uh, someone, one of Mark's friends, uh, Matt Alexander. Uh, we've got Nova, Mike Bucci. You're going down next week. And then Kofi Kingston, I'm taking you down. All right. I want you to make sure you tag them in this uh, when we post it. I definitely will not. Uh, I cannot do that because if I lose, the loser, I don't know if I told you this, Eddie. The loser has to get, the last place team gets slapped, chopped by every single person. Oh, God. You know how terrible that would be? I've been trying to get you to take a chop from Mark Henry for years. Yes, but now I have to take one from Kofi, from Tommy Dreamer. And Tommy Dreamer might bring, like, I know he's not the Sandman, but he's like an ECW original. He, who knows what he's going to bring in there? Yeah, and you just forget just how large he is in the first place. I don't love any of it. Uh, I mean, you scream like a little girl when I chopped you. You got Frankie from Hit Row. He, I mean, these guys, this, this, he's a professional athlete. I mean, they're all professional athletes. I mean, they would murder me. Frankie, as in top dollar? As in top dollar. Whew. Yeah, we'll be looking at your life insurance policies. Yeah, that would be rough. Wife. So, how are you doing though, Eddie? Man, I am good. Uh, three and three this week. I uh, beat my brother-in-law by like three quarters of a point. And we we're texting Sunday night. He said uh, he was going to burn down his hotel room if he didn't get an extra point from. Uh, I forget who was playing. That's okay. Oh, the Denver running back. Yeah. Oh yeah, Javante. Uh, the Bears won. Are you gonna be happy about that? I mean, they beat the Texans, Lord. so. Good Lord, dude. We know how to make it exciting, don't we? No, it was not exciting. You have a terrible team. No, uh, it was exciting. All right. I'll, I will, I'll give it Last to you. Last second, Phil. Come on, man. You weren't watching. Well, hopefully I wasn't. Hopefully <laughs> the mother lover himself, Zach Wilson, hopefully he is back soon. So. I was going to say, what about your Cougars? Uh, we just, when we beat Wyoming, it was fine. I started to watch We're that. winners, okay? We're winners. Just because there was nothing else on. I know. It's late. Yeah. I didn't, then I'm like, I didn't stay awake I, for it. I, I had to look at the score in the morning. It, it was hard to watch. I know. Yeah, a little bit. Just a bunch of old guys, and then a bunch of guys wearing brown. Golly, I'm not even sure what to say about that. Visually, not even. Never mind. The biggest bummer though was was fights. Like usually, I'm accustomed to watching like fights on Saturday night. There wasn't even like MMA on Saturday night. We had to wait on Friday night. Bellator 285 in Ireland. Benson Henderson he defeats Peter Quelly, unanimous decision. Yoel Romero, you know, we talked to this fight right that these guys, two guys that are older than us. Yeah. I still wouldn't want to fight him. He gets a win. Let's talk Benson Henderson. Benson Henderson gets the win, and he's probably should be the number one contender there but after Umar. Uh, yeah. Um, Patricky Pitbull is taking on Umar Namagomedov at uh, 
on the 18th at Bellator 288. So Ben Henderson just defeated Peter Quilly, who fought Patricky mm-hmm. for the vacant lightweight title. So, I mean, who else is there? You Let's know, not pretend like Bellator is that deep. No, you really can't. Especially, I mean, if you look at this division, we'll see what happens. Now, we're going to talk Josh Thompson later today, uh, later on the show right now. We're going to talk to him about Bellator this weekend. One person, you know, who could have a claim. He hasn't fought yet at lightweight, but AJ McKee. He is making his lightweight debut this weekend against Spike Carlisle. Now, that's not a name that is that is there, but AJ McKee just brings along a certain cachet, right? A certain name quality coming with him where he could earn a title shot over Benson Henderson. That's the only person I can really think of. It's quite possible, but you'd like to see him get more than one win at a weight division. But, you know, when it comes to the point of name recognition, Bellator used to be, you know, just straight off merit. But they've gotten a lot more UFC-like in the last couple of years, and that is quite possible. But if they're smart, they save A.J. McKee to be the next contender and keep the big names in the title in the title matches instead of facing each other in pointless contender shots. Yeah, so the only shots. other person out there, right, is Tofik Musayev. Uh, he's ranked two. You got Usman, who's ranked. Petriki, obviously the champion. Usman, ranked number one. They're fighting. Uh, Tofik Musayev, he is number two. And then Benson Henderson is number three. So that, uh, you know, Tofik, he might have a, he might be able to say that. But I, I do think that, you know, Benson Henderson at his age, um, does, he deserves an opportunity. And we'll, maybe we'll ask Josh Thompson that later. And money-wise, you want to capitalize on his name while he's up there that high. And this may be the last time. Most likely, because... He's only got a couple of fights left on his contract. And he said after this the contract is over, that's it. So you want to capitalize on it while you can. So it would be dumb not to. And after the, uh, after the match in the cage, he gets up and he says, whoever wins, I want next. You know, um, he offers to fight uh, Patricky in a soccer stadium in Brazil. He offered to fight Namagamedov in a soccer stadium in Russia before he realized fighting in Russia was a no-go. But, like, whatever, Eastern Europe, I don't care. I will go wherever you can put us in as big a venue as possible. I'll do it. Well, I'll tell you right now, he doesn't have to worry about fighting Patricky anywhere. So there's no way that, uh, that Nurmagomedov Ma- well. is not going to win that. Shots fired, Jordan. Shots fired, yeah, no. Uh, dude, we've seen him too. Usman is very good. <laughs> and I know um, Pitbull the Elder, as I like to call him, he is, does not have the skins on, his wall, on the wall like his younger brother. But he's a formidable, formidable opponent, so it'll be fun to watch. But Nurmagomedov is probably uh, favored. I don't know how much, but most likely you're right. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's mean. Uh, how about Yo Romero? I mean, I would say turning back the clock, but I guess it's not really turning back the clock when you do it what you do to a guy who's older than you. Yeah, man, this was kind of expected, and you didn't know with Romero whether or not he's going to wrestle or stand. But he just grinded Melvin Manhoff for the first two and a half rounds. Um, it wasn't pretty, but it was dominant. And then those elbows in the third round were just ugly. And, but truthfully, Manhoff should have retired a few years ago. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't love it. I don't love seeing him out there. Yeah, no. I mean, since 2013, he's 5'7 and 1. Okay. Since 2016, 2 and 4, with three of those losses by knockout, and they've been brutal. It's like you don't want to see that anymore, and all he's doing, I, yeah, it's it's what he does. It's how he makes his money, but you'd like to see him live to be a little older, to enjoy his name recognition. 
And yeah. shots like that, knockouts like that aren't going to help. So what do you do with your Romero, right? At lightweight, or excuse me, at light heavyweight. Uh, you've got him in the division. Uh, who's, who's the champion there? You've got Vadim Nemkov. You think you got Corey Anderson, they're fighting. So they're fighting upcoming. You got Phil Davis, Ryan Bader. And Phil Davis already he beat Yo Romero, I think, in in, uh, in, in Yoel's first fight at, uh, at light heavyweight. So he's probably still a little bit farther away than that. But he also called for his title shot at middleweight, which he hasn't fought at since he's been in Bellator. So it's kind of iffy. And it's also iffy whether or not at 46 he can still make 185. I mean, he looked pretty shredded uh, at lightweight this weekend. Actually, even the current champ is wondering if uh, if Romero can make 185. Who, Johnny Eblen? Well, he, I'm trying to think the last time that he actually made middleweight. Did he actually, he did, he did, when he fought Izzy, he did fight. Um, he did fight and didn't make weight. But, you know, there's so many times that he actually missed weight coming into this, uh, going into title fights. And so, yeah, you would think that might be a challenge for him there. Uh, since he's been in Bellator, he has that win, or excuse me, that loss over, over Phil Davis. He's got a win over Alex Polizzi, and then he's got a loss or a win over Melvin Manhoof. So there is, uh, I mean, I think he's got to do more than to get a title fight in either of those yeah, places. Yeah, not the greatest wins to uh, prove your point, but he's 46. Time and is you not... Like this Time You'd like to say you don't know how long he's going to be around, but good Lord, who's going to stop him? Yeah, I'd like to see him versus Musasi would be a great one. Yep. All right, let's talk about some boxing, Eddie. There was some boxing over the weekend. There was some exhibitions. There was some, you know, we talked about Chris Seiberg. I want to hear your take on that in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Floyd Mayweather first. Uh, you got uh, you got Floyd Mayweather, his bodyguard Jizzy. He's out there boxing. You got Floyd. Did Floyd even like stop the jet? I mean, did he just come in, fly in there, do his thing, and then leave right away? Like leave the jet running? Well, it's a bank I think robbery. A lot right? of people wish he. A lot of people wish he'd gotten there right away, because when they're doing the introductions before the fight, you know the uh, the whole rising style with the lady screaming and everyone yeah. being introduced at the same time. Floyd and Jizzy were still in the car in traffic. So it's funny, uh, when Floyd's match was about to start, this politician came in to hand him a bouquet of flowers and just threw it on the mat in front of him. I saw that. What was the deal with that? Not sure. Maybe he was just insulted because Floyd was late. I don't know. But they're really, uh, there's lots of apologies to Floyd for that. What else? But so yeah, his, his match against Asakura was, um, actually, Asakura didn't do that bad. He got a couple of clean shots there. Uh, but right at the end of the second round, he got caught like behind the ear, and it didn't even look like that hard, that good a shot. But his eyes rolled back, and the referee knew it immediately, and they called it. And it was only going to be a three-round exhibition in the first place. But Floyd, um, I get maybe to make up for his lateness, gave the fans actually something and an, uh, an actual winner instead of like his Logan Paul fight. I'm like, oh, everyone's a winner. We all get juice boxes. And who is this? That, and who's Jizzy? I, what, what is this? I don't, I don't even want to know how he got his name. But this is Floyd's bodyguard and one of his best friends. Jizzy Mack, a.k.a. Uh, known to his mom as Ray Vinci Sedega, Sedegi. Born in Iran. He's actually a licensed dentist. <laughs> but he's, he's been Floyd's bodyguard since like 2013. 
and this is his first fight, and it showed. Interesting. He he got knocked out violently by a, a Japanese kickboxer name was by the name of Kuzi. Yeah, uh, he was out, he held just outweighed him by like forty pounds. Jeez, and he got knocked out there. Hey. Yeah, he almost got knocked through the rope. There's actually a little video of Floyd kind of smirking after as it happened. Going, uh, I guess he's thinking, yeah, not so easy, is it? Did you hear what uh, Floyd made money wise just to show up there? I did not. So he's going to make about twenty eight million dollars. He'll make twenty two million for just showing up. Actually, he made one point five million for going to the press conference. He'll make twenty two million in base, and they expect that he'll make about four point five million off of the pay per view, uh, and then. Asakara, he's going to make $1.2 million. Jordan, that hurts. Man. I know. I know. I mean, that's like, that's like a, a one night of Eddie Cross's work, too. And people wonder why Floyd does this stuff. Yeah. And it, but he'll tell you, like, he's not the same as he was before. You see, what did he say? He said, um, I retired from the sport, and I didn't let the sport retire me. I'm always going to put myself in a position um, to where I'm fighting at the highest level, but dictating and being in control of what's going on. So he's not going to go in there with former fighters, world champions, putting more abuse on his body. He's just there to enjoy himself and make lots of money. And, yeah, dude, he's not going to fight Manny Pacquiao. He's not going to fight um, Roy Jones Jr. or something like that. Um, he's just going to fight guys that are old like himself or YouTubers or MMA guys. Yeah, how about Conor? Did, uh, he, did he say he'd fight Conor McGregor? He did say YouTubers or MMA guys. Okay. So that's uh, definitely... Jake, uh, so the, Jake Paul or Conor McGregor? I think Jake Paul might be a little too big. I think he learned after fighting Logan that he's not, probably not going to stick with guys that weigh like 200 pounds. I mean, and, and he's still like 150. And Jake is weight. better than Logan, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, let's talk Chris Cyborg versus still. Simone Silva. Yeah, I was not able to watch this one. I tried my hardest. But yeah, from what I, what I, everything I could see, it was an unspectac- unspectacular fight. But it gives Cyborg something in her resume to maybe fight Katie Taylor. So how did future. it end up, though? How did it end up being a professional fight? Because we talked about this last week, that if she fought Simone Silva, that she wasn't going to be able to have a professional, like, it would be, it wouldn't be, it would be an exhibition and not be a, an official fight. We don't know. Man, that's, that's a great question. And it remains to be seen how that's going to, uh, going to play out. I think it all depends on what the other commissions, how the other commissions treat it, if they want to license her in the future. Okay. And then Shakur Stevenson, he missed weight. I saw that he missed weight. So did he get stripped of his belts as well? He did get stripped of his belts. He lost them on the scale. And he's determined that his body just can't make 130 anymore. So he's going to be moving up to 135, which is smart. Stop killing yourself. Just move up. You're getting older. It's harder for your body to do these things. Now, I say older. He's like 25. But still, at certain points, you can't cut so much he got a body shot knocked down in the fourth one easily 117 109 118 108 117 109 but he will be moving up to 135 okay all right guys you're listening to fight night right here on 104.9 the horn hornfm.com we will be right back it's what's up with that woke up this morning and i got out of bed had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That. Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? You, yeah. 
Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. I'm Eddie, that's Jordan, and it is finally back, Jordan. It's time to put on your dancing shoes, sing What's Up With That with Keenan and the gang. SNL is back this weekend. And Keenan Who's is, hosting? He's starting his 20th season. Wow. Keenan Thompson, 20 seasons on SNL. Kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. crazy. I got to look him up on Celebrity Net Worth. This week, this week, starting the season premiere of SNL, Miles Teller with Kendrick Lamar. I'm Miles kind of excited. Teller? Now, Eddie. Wait, who's Miles Teller? Miles, who's Miles Teller? He was in, uh, he was Rooster in Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay. Answers your yeah. question. Now, a little gotcha. trivia for you, Eddie. Tom Cruise has never, ever been on SNL. Ever. Really? Hasn't hosted, hasn't appeared. What's the chance you think that Tom Cruise shows up and he's on SNL this week? I'm going to go with either fat or slim. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't. I mean, so I'm pretty sure they've asked him over the years. And now that Top Gun has been out for a while, he doesn't need the money anymore. He doesn't need Well, he does, the, he does get the money on, uh, he, you know, he makes a ton of money on this. He takes the money on the back end. And it's on, like, the streaming as well. And the streaming and the rentals and everything else, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He made a huge amount on it in the first place in the theaters. Yes. And that was months ago. He doesn't need SNL's help anymore. So mm-hmm. he's just going to kick back and watch his uh, friend Miles Teller. Yeah, that'll be fun. I bet you he won't right. watch, but that's okay. All right, now, Jordan, speaking of people who uh, aren't bothered with it anymore, Eddie Alvarez has split from one championship. What's up with that? Yeah, so the former UFC and Bellator lightweight champion, he wrote online that he amicably left. So he's officially a free agent. He is no longer in one championship, which is weird, right? Because one is just getting ready to like, they've already had their one debut on Amazon Prime. You would think that, you know, you would have Eddie, Eddie Alvarez as a showcase of some of your other events if you're going to try to have a, a national or a U.S. presence. You would yeah, they want got him this weekend. On, uh, on Amazon Prime. So that, that w- it's a little interesting to see that he's not on there. So you think that, you know, if he is, you know, available, if he is someone who you could bring out and you can have fight, where do you want to see Eddie Alvarez, right? Do you want to see him in the PFL? Could he go win a million dollars? Could he go fight in, I hope it doesn't go to bare knuckle. Uh, could he go fight back in Bellator? Like, you know, there's a lot of opportunities or interesting things that could happen for Eddie Alvarez. You're forgetting one place, Jordan. The UFC? Eagle. 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 Ah, why, yeah. do you, why do you like Eagle for him? Just to see a big name there. And you know, um, being in the same division as Khabib, there's always that chance that, uh, no, maybe we can get him to come out of retirement for it. It would take a big name to get Khabib out of retirement. And to do it for his own promotion is probably think, the only way it would happen. I don't think he can. So that's, that's He probably won't. He probably cannot actually legally fight somewhere else because he had fights left on his contract mm-hmm. when he retired. So That's a good point, too. But still, it would give me more reason to watch Eagle, yep. just as it would have given you reason to watch one. Okay. But uh, we'll see. Uh, now, 17-year-old Roe Roses won his Dana White Contender Series match. But did he get a contract, Jordan? Did he get the Bo Nickel treatment, Jordan? What's up with that? Yeah, so he's not coming back this week to fight again on Dana White Contender Series. He did get a contract. He won by a unanimous decision over Mando Gutierrez. Uh, and he's actually the youngest person now ever to have a to sign a, a, a UFC contract, right? So he, after his interview, he did say, look, I'm going to be the youngest champion. Uh, he fights at Bantamweight. And so you got to think, like, while you're 17 years old and, and you're good, 
you got to be a little bit better. I mean, if you think that you're going to beat guys like TJ Dillashaw, like Piotr Jan, like Aljamain Sterling, the current champion, Marab, I think you got a little bit more work to do. Now, John Jones, obviously, he has the record. He was 23 years old. So that gives Rosas five years to develop. But he does have a ways to go if he's going to be the best. But you got to think that's impressive for him to be fighting at this age, at this time. And, and Can he even sign a minor to a contract? So he like actually that? had to get like extra permission from uh, he had to get it from the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Well, his parents probably had to sign for him too to let him fight. But it's uh, you know you have to get a, you know a certain be able to to be able to do that. So is he that much better than Bo Nickel that he was able to get a contract when Bo Nickel wasn't? Yeah, so that's interesting, right? Bo Nickel back this week. Uh, Donovan Beard, he's fighting him. Donovan Beard is seven and one. Bo Nickel is fighting in the the main event again. Uh, let's 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 not mix words. Bo Nickel is a UFC fighter. He is signed by the UFC. I think they're just trying to to bring him back and getting him more experience and, and more opportunities. Well, I think his first fight on the Contender Series was pretty quick, wasn't it? Yeah. They're like, yeah, we didn't really see anything. Come back one more time. Okay. Uh, now, Jordan, Hamza Shemaev has put out an interesting tweet with the words 185. What's up with that? What yeah, so that's kind of weird last week. So maybe it is, it's kind of mysterious, right? But is the thought that Hamzat is going to be forced to move to 185 pounds uh, and fight there, right? You think about like that division and, and who's that middleweight right now. Where do you fit in and where do you put uh, Hamzat? Especially if you think about what happens with Israel Adesanya and Alex Pajeda. They're fighting, you know, next uh, in, in November. Uh, you know, could you put him up and, and do you put him like right up against like Robert Whitaker? That'd be a great fight. I would love to see Robert Whitaker oh, versus Hamzat goodness. right away. And Hamzat already does have wins at middleweight. And so you're not saying like, oh, this is, the, this is his first weight fight at the division. I would love to see that, right? You already have Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. They're fighting later. So uh, who, his, who are his wins at middleweight? Or you know, what you, you know what you really do? You put him up against Paulo Costa. Those guys don't like each other. They had an interaction fight week last time. That, that's the obvious fight you do. You put him against, right. up against Paulo Costa. I was just thinking Derek Brunson, but Paulo Costa is even better. Yeah, that's the one. That, that's going to main event a card right there. Oh, my goodness. Um. From fun thoughts to stupidity, Jordan, Fury versus Joshua seems to be off. Yeah, last What's week we're that? out here saying that Anthony Joshua, he accepted he accepted the uh, the, the fight with, with Tyson Fury. But yeah, now Tyson, they just hadn't signed it because of the Queen diet or something. Yeah, now Tyson Fury is oh. saying that, look, they put a deadline on when they had to sign the contract so, so they could fight on December 3rd. And Anthony Joshua, he does not want that smoke. He did not sign that contract. And now uh, Tyson Fury is out here saying that he is not going to be fighting against Anthony Joshua Instead, he's going to fight against Mahmoud Char. Now, Mahmoud Char, if you don't know that name, he is a 37-year-old. Uh, I think he's German and Syrian. He's, he was born in Lebanon. Uh, he has, uh, he's, he's, got, he's 33 and 4. And uh, his, you know, he does have wins. Uh, he last fought in May of last year. He's on a five-fight winning streak. Uh, he does have a loss. He did fight Klitschko back in uh, in 2012. That was a loss to him. Uh, he has a loss to Povetkin, and uh, and so that's the seems like that's the route that they're gonna. He is the uh, he won the vacant WBA regular heavyweight title uh, back in uh, in 2017. Uh, I can't imagine that's something that he still has right now, um, but who knows? So it's Usyk. Just, uh... Usyk has that. Okay, so it's just a stay busy fight. Basically, yeah, it's kind of frustrating though because I, I would have liked to see him. I would like to see him fight Anthony Joshua. You really got to wonder why Joshua and his, and his team didn't get that signed. Take that, it take really advantage of no it. Like, yeah, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah, uh, you're coming off two fight losing streak. You're gonna get forty percent of the purse. It'll be huge, and this is gonna be in England. It would have been gigantic. 
And I would love to watch it, but no. All right. Um, back to the stupidity of boxing, Jordan. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather will be back at it in an exhibition in Dubai. What's up with that? Yeah, so we were talking a little bit earlier about how he said he wants to fight YouTubers or he wants to fight MMA fighters. How about a brother of a YouTuber? Uh, maybe Deji is a YouTuber. I don't know. But at on November 13th, Coca-Cola Arena in Dubai. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is putting on another exhibition, this time against Deji, who is uh, the uh, he is the brother of, of KSI. I don't know who this person is. I hope my son doesn't know who this person is either. <laughs> uh, but he is, uh, so Deji's been in four exhibition boxing matches. He, uh, I guess he did have a, a exhibition fight against Jake Paul back in 2018. And uh, so he did, uh, he did have a, he did get a first win though in an event back in, in August. Um, so that's not, I mean, that doesn't seem exciting. Deji has over 17 million subscribers on his various social media platforms. So, wow. 17 million. Yeah, kind of crazy. We are old. I have no idea who these people are. You know, Floyd's bodyguard has a million on you on Instagram. He's got a million followers on Instagram. He's a bodyguard. What are we doing wrong? I mean, lots of things, Eddie. Hitching my wagon to you is going to get slapped by Mark Henry. I swear to God. All right. Uh, one more dumb thing in boxing, Jordan. Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing are suing Jake Paul for 100 million bucks. What's up with that? Yeah, so this is according to TMZ. They're suing him for uh, for defamation, and they're saying that their their reputation has been damaged by words that um, Jake Paul has said. So Jake Paul, after you know the the Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, uh, there was Gludge, Judge Glenn Feldman. He had the widest scorecard of all three judges. Uh, he saw that fight ninety seven to ninety three for Taylor. But then on top of that, he's also the only judge at the uh, uh, when Usyk fought Joshua, he actually had Joshua winning that fight, which is crazy. Oh, that was egregious. And that was, so that was nuts. Paul said that, uh, you know, he says Glenn Feldman shows up in Saudi and scores Anthony Joshua to win the fight. Everyone watched the fight. It's not a split decision. Usyk had a runaway victory. He clearly won that fight. This judge, Glenn Feldman, gives it to him. It's like a repeated crime here. This is the type of blank. I'm going to call it out because it's blank. Clearly, this guy is getting paid by matchroom boxing. So obviously that's a bold state. He said that's a bold statement and ac accusation that I don't take lightly, but it's just blatantly obvious. Uh, you would think that they would bring a different judge that blanked up the scoring in the Taylor Serrano to Saudi Arabia. So they are, uh, you know, so you know Eddie Hearn, uh, match and boxing, not very happy that uh, Jake Paul is calling him out for this. You know, Jordan, he's gonna Jake Paul's gonna learn that his words have consequences, but I kind of gotta agree with him. Kind of crazy. That was horrible judging. Yeah, horrible. And you always wonder, like, what's, what are they getting under the table? And maybe if this continues, someone will have to prove something. Yeah. Or disprove something. All right, um, hit us with some new fights. All right, Eddie. So your boy, your boy Neil Magny, coming back. He's fighting Daniel yeah. Rodriguez at welterweight October 15th. So right around the corner in a few weeks, we got Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. He's fighting on November 19th. And guess what, Eddie? It's not going to be in Texas. Uh, yes. Chris Curtis is fighting Joaquin Buckley on December 10th. Jeff Molina, our guy Jeff Molina, we're going to have to get him on the show before he fights Jimmy Flick on January 14th. And then January 21st, we thought this was going to happen. It's now almost official. Brandon Moreno, the interim flyweight champion, versus Devison Figueredo, the official flyweight champion. Moreno versus Figueredo 4, targeted for UFC 283 in Rio, January 21st. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn. 
hornfm.com, and we will be right back. Until next time. Hey, hey, hey. What's up with that? Right, joining us now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, the former Strike Force lightweight champion and current Bellator broadcaster, Josh Thompson. Josh, welcome back to Fight Night, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me again, and I uh, appreciate it. There's a lot of big fights coming up this weekend in Bellator show in Long Beach, man. I'm excited for them. I'm excited too, man. Bellator 286 this Saturday night. It's going to be at 9 o'clock here in Texas. You can watch it on Showtime. It's a great card. It, it's headlined by a title fight with the featherweight champion, uh, Patricky, or excuse me, Patricio Pitbull. He's facing Adam Borix. Uh, Josh, how, I mean, we talk about these tent pole events. Scott Coker has talked about them. This has to be a tent pole event for, uh, for this fall. Yeah, absolutely. You know, normally in uh, in LA, we're either in one of the, we're either at the Forum, and now this we're going back to Long Beach, uh, and this is going to be a new crowd, and also too AJ McKee being from that area, specifically from that Long Beach area. This is a home event for him, and then you got Patricio Pitbull fighting Adam Boric. Patricio is just he's he's a mainstay in Bellator. He's been one of the 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 legends of, of Bellator, basically one of the very first guys. To really get signed by them and have a and have some of the best performances, possesses power in both hands. I mean, he this him coming here to LA to this area is just one of those. It's it's almost like they've gotten so comfortable watching him knock people out in in this LA area that they love coming to watch him fight. Yeah, I mean, you you said AJ McKeon, right? AJ McKee is going to be the fan favorite. We'll talk about him in a second. Yeah. But Patricio Pitbull, I mean, he he's got to be the most important Bellator fighter ever, the most successful Bellator. You can make an argument that he's the best featherweight in the world. Uh, he just won his yeah. title back from AJ McKee. What do you, how do you put into words like the importance of, of Pitbull to Bellator in general? You know, there's so many different ways I could talk about him and how he has been a pillar of the organization, all of those things. But if you, if you go back and you look at his record, outside of Joe Warren, every, every single person he has lost to he has got vindication against. He's went back and beat them. Given case in point, AJ McKee. He lost to AJ McKee in the featherweight world grand prix finals, came back and beat AJ McKee in San Jose. This is he is one of those fighters that will find ways to get the win over a person that has beaten him. And he's done it several times throughout his whole career. And he's only got one person he hasn't been able to get that back against. That's what type of fighter he is. He goes back to the drawing board, makes the improvements. And what you see is he comes out with a better game plan or just a different little scenario on how to fix it, how to make it work, and gets the win. He is that kind of fighter. And, I mean, this is why I think his legacy is going to be so important in the Bellator organization. I totally agree with you. And the one thing, like, he's vicious. He's, like, he goes for finishes. And, and that's what I love about Pitbull. But, like, the guy he's standing against, though, Adam Borch, he's not a slouch, right? He is, you know, I started to take notice of Adam Borch when he defeated Aaron Pico, you know, the way that he did yeah. back in, in 2019. He does have that one loss mm -hmm. to Darren Caldwell. But other than that, I mean, he's won four in a row. He's a great striker. What do you think Borch can do that can actually defeat Pitbull on, on Saturday night? Well, you've got to look at the reach. You've got to look at the size. You know, Adam Orch is a tall fighter. He's probably about 5'10 and a half, maybe 5'11. You know, he's a tall, long, and lanky fighter. So he's someone that will use his jab very consistently. Um, he will definitely mix up his combinations. 
But what he's got to be very careful about is that he's got to be care- very careful about standing in the pocket too long. We have seen too many times where Patricio Pitbull is able to touch you with his hands, and he has lights-out power. He showed that so many times. He's got power in both hands. Some people only have power in one hand. Look at Oscar De La Hoya. His left hook was his money. Didn't really have a whole lot of power in his right hand. Other fighters, you know, as well. Sometimes you have fighters that just don't possess the power in both hands, or they throw a combination that only favors one side of their body. That is not the case with Patricio Pitbull. He'll drop you with the straight right. He'll drop you with the left hook. He can work the body as well. Adam Morris has got to get in and get out before getting hit. And he's also got to utilize those knees because of the height advantage. Patricio being the shorter fighter. The knees up the middle like he did to Aaron Pico. And the knees up to the body to really try to slow uh, Patricio Pitbull down. Yeah, I love the fight and I love the matchup there. We, we mentioned AJ McKee. He's fighting in the co-main event here. He's making his lightweight debut. He is coming off his first loss. Now, you said it before. Like he's fighting in Long Beach. He's born in Long Beach. You have fought. You, you know, you were born in San Jose. You are. You fought many times in San Jose. Like, what are the challenges and like then the benefits of fighting in front of your hometown? Well, the challenges were when they when I first fought here, those were the challenges. Learning how to tell family members and friends where to get tickets, you know, not trying to take it all under your back. That was one of my biggest mistakes that I made during that first those first two fights that I had here in San Jose. After that, though, once you learn how to tell everyone to where to go and get tickets, how to send out blast emails so you're not being bothered by all, all those things, and just turning your phone off the week of the fight. When it, you're all your family members trying to come by your house or come to your come to your weigh-ins, do all those things. Shut them out. Figure that out without without losing family family members or making them upset. Once I think AJ, he's already fought in the LA area. He understands what's at stake. I think that he has now learned how to handle that situation. And you're gonna start to just see, like we already have seen. The best A.J. McKee every single time we step into that cage. Yeah, I mean, I love A.J. McKee, and he's another Bellator homegrown guy, you know, his whole career there. Yeah. Uh, you know, what is A.J. fighting for, right, this week? He's making his lightweight debut. We saw Benson Henderson last week make a case that he's the number one contender. Is, is McKee, does, does a win here, does that put him in, like, in the title conversation against the winner of Patriki versus uh, Usman Magomedov? No, absolutely not. It doesn't even put him in the talk. I don't even think, I don't even know if it will put him in the rankings. You know, he's got to really be, I mean, Spike Carlisle is not even in the top 10 yeah. rankings. He's, uh, you know, and, and and I know that AJ McKee has done a lot, but guess what? He hasn't done anything in the lightweight division. That being said, though, you can say because he's he's got the win over Patricio and then, you know, he won the featherweight World Grand Prix. He's done everything he could do in the, in the featherweight division. Him making this run, he's, this is really just to get his feet wet against somebody that is a grinder, somebody that's going to push him. This is this is where AJ McKee is going to find out if he feels good enough at the lightweight division. Can he handle the pressure of a bigger body? Can he handle the technique and the power of a bigger body? Can he handle someone that's just going to try to walk him down? Does he have the rested abilities to get this fight to the ground and slow it down if he needs to? Does he have the power to, to hit them and knock them out? Those are things, those are all things that he had at the featherweight division. Will all of that translate to the 155 pound division? We're going to find out because Spike Carlisle, he can wrestle, he can take a shot, he's a grinder, he's got good cardio, and he will still be there in that third round. Yeah, no, I can't wait. Those are, I mean, two great fights in the top. And then you got Aaron Pico. So I'm from, I am from Whittier, California. Aaron Pico is from Whittier, California. So I always I always like to see Aaron Pico. I've been following him for a long time. I saw a picture of him yesterday, and he looks 
don't know if you saw it. He looks absolutely shredded, right? Uh, he's fighting Jeremy Kennedy, who's coming off a win over Emmanuel Sanchez. Pico's won six in a row now. Now, what do you expect out of this matchup right here? Look, all the questions that I ever had about Aaron Pico, because he had a rough start coming into the mm-hmm. MMA world, all those questions that I had on, could he put the two things together? He, he grew up boxing. He obviously grew up wrestling, one of the best wrestlers to ever come out of the, out, out of the U.S. as a young talent. He stepped away from wrestling to really get into MMA because he's a fighter at heart. All of the questions, though, that we had to have answered, could he put it together? After going to Jackson Winks, he has learned how to put it all together. That team there has really shaped him, really made him the fighter that he is today. And I'm telling you, he puts his combinations mixed in with his wrestling and his ground and pound is some of the most vicious and nastiest ground and pound I've seen for such a young fighter. Ground and pound is not something that you can just master overnight. He's got, he's still making some gains on it, but the, the power he possesses to really lay the leather down without being caught in submissions, without being susceptible to being armbarred or triangle, all of those things, he is really coming into his own. And I got to be honest, I'm looking for him to start making that run now to the title shot, the win over Jeremy Kennedy, maybe one more win, and we'll see him potentially against uh, Patricio Pitbull if Patricio Pitbull gets past Adam Borch. Yeah, I mean, I love that, right? Because Aaron Pico, he was touted as one of the top prospects, and we saw those kind of those fumbles early on. But can he really, has he put it together? And I think this this match is going to show up. And, and we haven't even talked about Juan Archuleta. He's fighting Enrique Barzola. Yep. But is there anyone else, Josh, that, that we should just make sure we know? Like, who should we not miss on this fight card outside of the top well, thing we talked about? Yeah, but look, th- that fight that you just talked about is the Juan Archuleta and, Adam, and Enrique Barzola. That fight, to me, is has the potential of being fight of the night on the whole card. That card, to me, right there, that fight right there, is you've got two guys that always come in phenomenal shape that are grinders, people that will walk each other down. Juan Archuleta will stick and move, and he'll get you guessing, keep you guessing, and use his wrestling abilities to get you to the ground and not and, and try to land some vicious ground and pound. And if he can't do that, he'll let you pop back up, and then he'll mat return you and start laying the leather again, and he'll rip the body as he, as he did against Patchy Mix. He is someone that will he will take this fight anywhere he needs to to get the win. But Enrique Barzola, what he will do is he will walk you down. He will take a shot to deliver a shot. He may even take two shots to deliver one shot. He is that type of fighter who is not the easiest to take down. He's definitely not the easiest to hold down. And he is very dynamic on the feet in terms of his combinations and mixing things up. He is a grinder. He is someone that will be there in the third round. He will be pushing the pace very hard. I'm looking for this fight to really bring the action to open the main card up. Yeah, I mean, it's a great card on Saturday night. And I mentioned earlier, I said, you know, Patricky Pitbull and Usman Nurmagomedov, that's happening at Bellator 288. You also have Vadim Nemkov and Corey Anderson. Uh, And then at 289, you got Stotts versus Sabatello, Carmouche versus Velasquez. Like, outside of this weekend's fight, I mean, Bellator A is on fire, right? But, like, what's the fight that you're most looking forward to? Stotts, Sabatello, I'm I'm pumped for. Yeah, obviously, I'm really excited for that fight. That really just comes down to the trash talking will all finally come to a head. Rafael Stotts has really made his presence be felt and really picked up the trash talking. Danny Sabatello, it just comes natural to him. Just He just automatically lets everyone understand he does not mind being the heel. And he actually loves the fact that people look at him that way and he just represents it to the fullest. And he is someone that will bring the trash talk up to the fight, during the fight. And if he gets a win on you, he will let you know after the fight. All right, guys, you can catch him on the broadcast this Saturday night, October 1st on Showtime for Bellator 288. You can also listen to him on the Weighing In podcast with Big John McCarthy. Josh, thank you so much for the time today, and we cannot wait for Bellator 
286 this weekend. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. And looking forward to uh, seeing these fights myself. We'll talk soon. Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That's Eddie. I am Jordan. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. This week, Eddie, Texas faces West Virginia right here on The Horn, Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Join Aaron Hogan and the pregame crew starting at 2.30 with postgame and call-in show with Chad Hastings right after the game. And if you're there, go find Eddie Cross. He will be there. Eddie, the champ is here this Saturday night. Bellator 286. This is a good card, man. This is a fun card. I'm excited about this card. You got Patricio Pitbull versus Adam Borks for the Featherweight Championship. You got AJ McKee making his debut at lightweight. You got Aaron Pico fighting Your Jeremy boy. Kennedy. Juan Archuleta versus Enrique Barzola. This is fun, man. I, I, this is a, this is, I think we talked about tent pole events. This is a tent pole event right here. Can we go back to you telling people to stalk me at the stadium? Yeah, yeah. You want, what do you want to know about that? That's, that's a little creepy. Uh, so he's going to be in section, he's right around the 10-yard line uh, on the uh, south side of the stadium. Uh, the It's going to be the West Virginia side, about four rows up is where he sits. You know, you're a little <laughs> off, but I'm not going to tell you by how much. Yeah, I'm pretty close. You might, you actually might be in the end zone. You might be in the end zone, actually. But he's, he's yeah. in that area, guys. Look for him. Hey, if I was in the end zone, I would be in my seat, unlike all those rich a-holes that go into the club and leave the whole uh, section unattended. Okay. I hate that. All right. Well. Uh, but, yeah, this, this is going to be a good card, and it's a shame that I'm going to be uh, at the stadium for most of it. Let's see. Main card starts around 9. So, well, it starts at 9. So, if the game starts at 6.30, I, I'm probably going to miss the whole thing. Yeah. So, all right. So you got Adam Borix fighting. He is he's eighteen and one. He's on a four fight winning streak, going back to his last loss against Darian Caldwell as part of the uh, the featherweight World Grand Prix quarterfinals. Uh, I, I like Adam Borix. He's the Hungarian fighter. Uh, he fights out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He is he's the uh, kid. He I think he's got you know he's got really good uh, just all around. He is very just he's strong. I'm excited for this fight, but obviously Pitbull is another beast. Uh, Pitbull is probably the most successful Bellator fighter ever. And, uh, you know, obviously he's coming back off that win over Adam, uh, or excuse me, over AJ McKee. And he's like Mr. Bellator. So this is going to be a fun fight. He's been basically running this featherweight division for like eight years. Okay. That's some Anderson Silva type stuff. Okay. But um, Adam Borgs, he's good, but he does not have the skins on the wall like Pitbull does. So until he beats someone more proven with a bigger name, I got to go with Pitbull. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, in the co-main event, you got AJ McKee making his lightweight debut against Spike Carlisle. Uh, we mentioned that before. I mean, like Spike Carlisle, that's not someone who you think of like, this is not a really meaningful win, but it's a debut. It's going to see just AJ McKee. How does he look at, uh, at lightweight? And I got to think he's going to look better. Yeah. You're not having to cut that extra 10 pounds. He's going to feel stronger, possibly faster. That's dangerous. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, Aaron Pico, obviously, Whittier born. Uh, Aaron Pico versus Jeremy Kennedy and Juan Nacholeta. So also on Saturday night, you've got UFC Vegas 211. And this one's kind of weird in that, uh, you know, Mackenzie Dern versus Jan Shonan are going to be in the main event. Uh, but we just heard on Monday that the fight is actually going to be closed to the media and the public. 
That's weird. That is weird. That's not something that normally does. And so we'll see what happens. But it's going to be on ESPN Plus. It's going to be on ESPN Plus. I mean, is it going to be live? I don't know. But we will find out what happens uh, later on. Uh, and, and hopefully this week we find out why it's going to be closed to the public and the media. But Mackenzie Dern versus Jan Shonan. This is a meaningful fight at uh, at strawweight. These are people who, you know, you look at the champion here uh, is Carla Sparza. We know that she's going to be fighting. I think she's fighting uh, Zhang Wiley at some point soon. But we got Mackenzie Dern for number five. Jan Shonan uh, versus is number six. So this is a meaningful fight in the division. And this is a really interesting card just in the way that most of the main card, quote unquote, is not main card worthy. But then if you look at the, pre, the quote, prelims, you got Alexi Olenek versus Lira Latifi, mm-hmm. Jessica Penny versus Tabitha Ricci, Christoph Yodko versus Brendan Allen. Yeah. I'm like, who puts this together? Yeah. These things Interesting. flip. Yeah. So you, you kind of got to stick around for the whole thing if you want to see the bigger names. Yeah, very interesting. You got one on Prime 2. You got Angela Lee. She's trying to go for champ champ status. Uh, you got BKFC on Saturday. Uh, Lorenzo Hunt versus Quinton Henry for the BKFC uh, Cruiserweight Championship. But also Ben but Rothwell. Also, Ben Rothwell makes yeah. his debut in BKFC. That can be fun. But did you notice back up to one on Prime? They're... Uh, they're going to award their inaugural submission grappling title. Okay. And they fight about featuring 10-time IBJJF world champ Mikey, how do you say that? Musumichi? Musumichi? Musumichi, maybe? Musumichi, yeah. They're, um, they're expanding their martial art world into submission grappling. And they got one of the biggest names that there is out there. I don't, you know, that's, I mean, that's interesting, but like that's still not like going to sell in like the U.S. market, so I don't know if that does losing Eddie Alvarez doesn't really help you there. So, no, it doesn't. But uh, it's interesting that they're uh, they're trying to bring submission grappling to a bigger audience. Yeah, no, that's they, true. I don't know how that's gonna be how that's gonna work, and especially gonna be bad if it's in the gi. It should not be in the gi. Interesting. We mentioned BKFC, but is there any other boxing at all? Not much. There's very little. But dude, in a couple weekends on the fifteenth, it's gonna be crazy. You're going to have Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. They're going to run that one back that they had to postpone when the Queen of England died. Devin Haney versus George Cambosis, too, for the uh, undisputed title there. Deontay Wilder's back versus Robert Hellenius. And this is the one you're waiting on, Jordan. I know you are. Hasim Rockman Jr. versus Vitor Belfort. What weight are they fighting at? Is he going to be able to make weight for that? TRT weight. Okay. I hope. Okay. There we go. <laughs> well, I like that. So... Well, guys, enjoy the fights. Enjoy Bellator. Thank you, Josh Thompson, for uh, for speaking us with us today. And uh, obviously, looking forward to seeing Bellator this week. It should be a lot of fun. Great fights. Uh, really interested to see what happens with the UFC this week and, and why it's going gonna to go dark to the media and to the public. Uh, guys, stay tuned. Sports guys talking wrestling coming up next. Stu Myrick, Justin Simmons. We are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Tell your friends. Like and subscribe. Uh, and follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We'll see you next week. Keep safe. Be nice to each other. Stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you. Till we meet again.